listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. And welcome back to another episode of the Astros Future Podcast presented by Apollo Media, all Houston, all original. I'm your host, Jimmy Price, also known as Astros Future, and you can find my work at AstrosFuture.com and find me on Twitter at Astros Future. And I'm your co-host, Brian Hamilton, and you can find me on Twitter at BHAM1720. And be sure to follow the official Apollo Media account at Apollo HOU, as well as hitting the subscribe button on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Today on the Astros Future Podcast, we're going to look at how the Astros have played this last week, discuss ways to fix the team moving forward, and talk about some of the hot hitters and some of the recent promotions in the minor league system. So we're going to jump right into it. We're coming off kind of a kind of a rough week. It, it, I had high hopes for this week. I think, you know, we had L.A. coming back in town, which we'll talk about first. Uh, it was nice to have the fans in, you know, a, a fully packed Minute Maid Park with the Dodgers in town. Unfortunately, the, you know, game one didn't go very well. Grinky started, allowed four runs, but then the pin just really, which is going to be, it's going to be the theme of the show, but the pin really struggled allowing five more and the Astros ended up dropping that first game against the, against the Dodgers and, you know, a game that I think we all wanted to win, obviously, just with the, the little rivalry that, that we have from 2017, but game two, Luis Garcia came out and, and pitched awesome. Kind of looking like the ace of his staff, really, but you know had a really good start. Allowed one run. Altuve and Correa homered off of uh, Tyler Bauer, so that was nice to see. And then Stanek allowed a run, but Abreu ended up picking up the save. Uh, Presley was unavailable that day, but he had a big strikeout on Pulhos. I had flashbacks there that Pulhos was going to get a, uh-huh. you know, hit a through and homer to tie the game or something, but yeah, he was able to take care of it. So ended up splitting with the Dodgers. Would have been nice to get a sweep on them. You know, the pin, like I said, struggled again, but overall. Nice to at least get that second game, get that, you know, get at least one of the wins against L.A. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the, the L.A. series was, was definitely big. You know, I think here in Houston, our fans, we just treat it like another series. I mean, yeah, it is the Dodgers coming in. But, God, dude, those Dodger fans are just as pumped up as if they're in the World Series. Here we are four years later, and they're still, like, charred. They, did you see those videos of them going up and down uh, the streets around Minute Maid Park banging trash yep. cans and stuff? Like, yep. at some point, they're going to have to let it go. We've only got, like, a handful of players left from that team. But, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, it was just another series. I mean, we split with them. Uh, we beat Tyler Bauer. Um, our, our buddy um, but uh, yeah I mean the 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 bad stuff happened a little later in the week but I mean I thought that was a good uh, a good series to get a split with them I mean yeah there were some some ups and downs in it but uh, but yeah and like you said Luis Garcia pitched great um, Altuve and Correa with their bombs it, it looked good yeah definitely you know it's if, if you were going to choose one game to win yeah I mean it would have been nice to beat Kershaw sure but sure. yeah it was nice to, nice to beat Bauer and nice to have a couple homers off of him especially Correa and you know, all the crap that he's been talking. So, so that was good to see. And then it, nice to see them bring in Abreu in a high leverage situation. He picked up his first career save, I believe. And like you said, he, he did walk a couple guys, but ultimately struck out a uh, full host when he needed to get that out. So overall, like I said, taking a split against, you know, probably the best team in the national league. So not a, not a big concern, but we moved into the weekend and then that's, that's when things really started getting hairy. So played two or three against the, the Dodgers as recording right now, they did win today, but we'll talk about game one. Uh, Framber Valdez made his made his you know his uh, debut for the season came back and 
they they had a pitch count on him, but he went four innings, allowed a run, and, and he looked really good. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, y- y- you know the uh, the situation with Framber and Jake Odorizzi coming back that was all, all absolutely a plus for both of them to come back and pitch really well. We saw Javier going over to the bullpen. He thrived whenever he went over to the bullpen. Um, you know, again, there were some some good things that happened in this series, but obviously it's going to get overshadowed by the bullpen. Yeah, you know that that game Valdez looked. You know Valdez looked looked really well. It's nice to have him back. Uh, you know, I think a lot of us have very high expectations for him. But they had Javier go ahead and move to the bullpen with getting Odorizzi and Valdez back, and Javier looked well. You know, looked really well too. He uh, threw four innings, allowed just the one run on a solo homer. But then after that, is I mean, you know, they came out of the came out of the game and it was two to two. You know, and and then that's when things really started to go downhill. Uh, Stanick allowed a run in the tenth inning. And then you know, the Astros failed to hit with runners in scoring position again. And then Rayleigh and Belak came in in the 11th, and the Padres ended up putting up six runs, and, and they ended up winning that one 10 to three. But in that game, the Astros are 0 for 10 with runners in scoring position, and that has kind of felt how how it's been recently. Is the Astros are getting guys on, but they're not coming through with hits, and then ultimately that bites us in the butt because later on the bullpen ends up giving up runs. And I feel right. like there's been games over the last you know couple of weeks where they've been close games and the Astros had plenty of opportunities to just blow it open early. And they just, they've struggled to get hits with runners in scoring position and, you know, getting guys on base is good, right? They like, so, I mean, I'd rather, I'd rather see you have 10 out. You, you went over 10 and runners in scoring position than you know, over one. Cause then that means you didn't have anybody, you know what I mean? So we're getting guys on base, but we're just, we're not coming through with the hits and hopefully that'll turn around. Hopefully that's just some bad luck, but it, it's a little concerning when you already have a struggling bullpen, when you struggle to put, bad teams away early or even good teams you know, like the Padres when you struggle to, to really put them away early by you know getting a real big lead it ends up biting you in the butt and we've seen that happening over and over yeah the Friday game whenever we lost 10 to 3 and you know, I didn't stay up for the whole game I, I fell asleep pretty early that night when I fell asleep um, <coughs> excuse me it was 2 to 2 so I, I wake up in the middle of the night and I see that we lost 10 to 3 in extras I'm like what in the yeah. world I mean, like, how how likely is it for a team to lose by seven runs in extra innings? It's it's insane. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I look at the box, I'm like, okay, yeah, the usual suspects started messing with it again. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, you know, yeah, dude, the, the uh, runners in scoring position, you know, obviously Twitter's a big thing. We're both pretty active on there. So you'll see every now and then some people that will not necessarily defend the bullpen because I don't think anyone outside of James Quick is defending the bullpen mm-hmm. right now. But um, they'll say, well, you know, the runners in scoring position – that's great and all, and, and you know you're they're right. They should be hitting better with runners in scoring position, but in no major league uh, stadium anywhere should a bullpen give up seven runs in extra innings and lose by sure. seven. That's just insane. Yeah, no, and then the wheels just they just fell off there in the eleventh. But you, know, you move on to uh, to Saturday, and you got Odorizzi back on the mound, and first couple starts didn't go well. He mentioned that. I don't know if you saw that. He mentioned that too. I think it was Mark Berman where. He, he said, uh, you know, I'm not sure if the fans really like me right now. I had two, <laughs> two outings and I pitched like crap, essentially, you know, and hopefully I can earn their, you know, earn their trust back over the next couple of years. And, yeah, he came out and threw a five and a third, allowed just the one run, and, and he looked he looked really good. You know, that's I mean, that's a good Padres lineup that he was able to shut down. So the Astros were up six to one going into the eighth inning. Things were things were looking good. They got runs off of uh, – was that Darvish that pitched on uh, on Friday or Saturday, I think it was? So, Correa had, yeah, Correa had the two-run homer, RBI double later. And, yeah, they got runs. They're up 6-1 going into the eighth inning, bringing Joe Smith. He allows the two runs, so 6-3 to three going into the ninth. You end up getting a couple guys on base. You know, Fernando Tatis comes up, hits a pop-up to first base. Taylor Jones misplays it, and 
I was sitting there. It's actually funny. Earlier in the, the day, I was I was watching the game with a buddy, and I told him, I was like, you know, he's not a huge MLB fan. He watched the Astros, but not a whole bunch of other teams. And I was t- talking to him about Tatis, about how he uh, he pimps his home runs. You know, he hits a home run, and he and I, I showed him videos of uh, a, the, the grand slam he had, his 50th homer he had a couple nights ago or something like that, and just kind of showing him how he pimped him. And I was like, that's what he does. And he came up and, you know, had two on. And I told him, man, if he hits a home run here, he's going to pimp the shit out of it. You know, he's going to do it. And then Jones misplays that that pop up, and I looked at him. I was like, "Oh man, here we go!" And the next pitch, and and, and he yeah. absolutely demolished it. <laughs> I mean, the dude, is, he's awesome, man. But to, to hit a three run homer like that in that in that situation, and you know, and I'm all for the show, and especially in a situation mm-hmm. like that, you know, you can pimp the crap out of that. That's a, that's a three oh, yeah. run homer off of one of the best relievers in baseball to tie the game in the ninth inning. That was, I mean, for outside baseball fans, they probably loved it. As an Astros fan, it freaking sucked. You know, knowing that you were that yep. close to to pulling off a win, which ultimately would have gave us a, a, the series win, you know, in, in a misplayed pop-up, on, you know, to first base is what, what allowed that to happen. It's just, it, it's tough, you know, and it was just another bullpen blunder. Yeah. And I mean, yesterday, dude, I felt like that game, we could write like a story about and it'd be at least a couple of pages just because it's <laughs> like you said, I mean, like I, I did see that thing with uh, Berman about Odorizzi and I remember thinking like, okay, that's a good sign because you're not going to go out there and say something like that unless you know that you're doing better and you're feeling better and right. you're back to yourself. And then sure enough, he went out. He, he played really well. Only gave up one run. Um, we're looking good. I'm sitting there already looking at the box scores like, okay, are the A's losing so that we can gain a game here because <laughs> we're going to win this game? Right. And then Andre Scrub comes in, and you just get this feeling that Dusty wanted him to go a couple of innings. We had a five-run lead. You just want to throw him out there, mop up some innings, and he could barely – I think he just went like just over one inning or something like that, but he ended up putting the runs on that Smith allowed. And if you're counting on Joe Smith – to clean up a mess that another reliever has made, that is a recipe for disaster, dude. I mean, those two are two of the the primary ones that are always giving up runs every time um, we're in a close game or even now whenever we have a a big lead, it's happening now. It's insane. And, you know, sure enough, when Taylor Jones dropped that ball, it's like, surely this guy's not going to hit a bomb the next (laughs) that bad. I mean, that's something that happens in the movies, you know, and then the next pitch. And I don't blame him for a second for pimping the hell out of that. That's a three run bomb to tie up the game in the ninth inning when you're down to your last out. I don't blame him at all. Yeah. yeah, no. So he tied, he tied the game up and then, you know, and then you're hoping, okay, well maybe the Astros can maybe walk it off in the ninth or the 10th or whatever. And, you know, things just didn't go well. Belak, uh, Stanek, Garcia, all allowed runs in the, in the you know, in the uh, extra innings. Overall, the team was three for 22 with runners in scoring position. So, ultimately had opportunities, failed to capitalize. And But, you know, you, you score six runs and you turn, the, you turn the ball over to the bullpen up six to one, you should expect to win that game. Yes. And you know, it's just – it's been that – last week our, we talked about it for a while about the bullpen struggling and hoping that getting Oda Rizzi and Valdez back would help out. And really it, it – it, so far this week, it hasn't helped, and the bullpen has just continued to struggle. And you know, they, well, they, they, we've seen guys like Stanek be good, but man, just recently, they, these guys are just they're struggling to have clean innings. Yeah, and I mean, Todd Callis even said something. It was either in the eighth inning or um, the top of the ninth inning when he was basically he didn't say it, but you could tell what he was saying is uh, the Padres know they're going to lose this game, so they're not going to be bringing in more bullpen guys. And I can't remember that that guy who was pitching in the ninth inning, but they said mm-hmm. or the eighth inning but he said he's going to bring him back out for the ninth inning because there's no reason to continue on with using arms up after essentially what was a bullpen game on Friday. And then all hell breaks loose in the bottom of the ninth and then they go on to win an extra innings. So yeah, I mean like it, it looked like an absolute win because we were up six to one. So yeah, that's a, that was a really bad loss, but going into today, you know, we have Zach Grinke on the mound and he did exactly what you would expect 
your staff ace, your highest paid pitcher to do. And that was throw eight innings of, of one run baseball. So really great start from him, a start that was really needed, not, not just to give the bullpen a rest, but just because, you know, we, I don't want to see the bullpen out there. I want to see the starters go deep and Greeky did that. You know, Tucker had the big three run homer early to give us a, a nice, a nice lead. So nice to get a win. Ultimately looking back on the series. Now you could say, that's probably a series the Astros could have swept. Definitely should have yep. won the series. You know, it, Friday was a winnable game too. But still, Astros are up seven to one going into the ninth. They bring in Andre Scrub and he gives up two homers and he gives up three more runs and his ERA is now sitting at almost eight. You know, as a guy mm-hmm. that I think we are counting on to hopefully be at least a solid, you know, mid leverage reliever and and he, and he, you know, he's in a game that you want to feel good about, you want to, you want to be happy that the Astros, you know, scratched, you know, a win across against the Padres and, you know, Grinky had a great start and the bats got going a little bit. You still kind of feel deflated at the end of the game because the bullpen had one inning to clean up and they, and it was scrub and he allowed three runs that one inning. So like, you know, you couldn't even, you couldn't even forget about the bad bullpen for a day, you know? Right. And not just the three runs, but two of them were home runs, man. I mean, Mm -hmm. gosh, just, you know, it, I don't even know what else to say. I mean, when it comes to Andre Scrub, he, he really just needs to be demoted. There, there's not there's not much else to say other than that. He, um, <clears throat> excuse me, he just every time he comes out now, he's giving up runs. He's mm-hmm. he's putting runners on base. He's walking guys. Um, it's just it's insane. But yeah, today looked great. Um, no wonder Granky went eight innings because gosh, man, if he had been pulled up for seven innings, who only knows what would have happened exactly in two innings for the bullpen. But it's something I know we're about to talk about, but the bullpen just has to be fixed. There's no way around it. Yep. Yeah, we thought, you know, we talked last week, maybe getting Garcia into the bullpen would help. But then, you know, we got Lance McCullers has a shoulder issue, so he's still in the rotation. I mean, at this point, it's I understand Garcia might be the best fit maybe to go back into a a bullpen role. But, man, the dude has been money as a starter. And I really don't want to see him get less starts. And it's to the point now where maybe we have seven guys we want to see start, but only one guy we want to see pitch in the bullpen, you know, and that's Presley. So, and even then, you know, we, we saw what happened last night. But, yeah, ultimately the, the the team has a lot of work to do to get that pin bad. I, this is the numbers prior to the three runs that scrub allowed in one inning today, but they came in today with a 4.45 ERA and then a whip at 1.37. So walks and hits per innings pitch is 1.37. That's not good. You know, when you're supposed to come in late in the game and close it out and seal it up, allowing more than one base runner on a, on a per inning basis is not good. And Presley's the one guy we've been able to count on and he struggled. And I know relievers are going to give up runs. That's going to happen. But ultimately, you know, we're, we're, we were talking about it right before we came on. The ERAs are just too high. You know, you got Scrub sitting at like almost eight now. Uh, Rayleigh's been pitching a little bit better, but his is still above seven. Joe Smith is above seven. Stanick's, you know, pushing four now that he's had a couple bad outings and, and the walks are really starting to creep up on him. He's got 16 walks in 23 innings. Right now, you know, it feels like it, and I almost feel bad for Dusty. And I, I'm not, I don't always agree with what he's done as a manager and some of the decisions he makes. But at this point, it's like, who the heck do you turn to to, to try to get a clean inning? And I, I can't even answer that. No, I agree with you. Um, though, I mean, you got Brandon Belak, Joe Smith, Andre Scrub. Um, who's the other one that I'm missing here? Um, Rayleigh God, Smith. Get, yeah, Brooks Rayleigh. Um, those four don't really need to be in the bullpen anymore. I mean, I don't really know how else to put it. The problem is, is we're already almost to the middle of the season. You can't just go in as easy as we may think it is, just turn over the entire bullpen, but you almost need to turn over the entire bullpen. And we had, uh, what was it, James Click said a couple of weeks back, we are going to be uh, working on the bullpen, but it'll mm-hmm. be fixed with the guys we currently have. Yeah. Now, he didn't just mean these four. He meant guys that are injured, guys in right. the system. That's fine and all, but he's going to have to go out and get another established arm. He's just going to have to. 
Because when you've got guys like Brandon Belak, Joe Smith, Andre Scubb, Brooks Raley, who are constantly giving up runs, walking batters, giving up hits, not having clean innings at all, and their ERAs, like you said, I think every one of their ERAs is north of five. Some of them are north of seven. That's insane, man. Um, they could not give up another run all year, and their ERA would still probably be pretty high. It's just that bad. Um, yeah. I don't know if, if who's available through trade, what it will cost. But, man, it, you're already in, in what is likely going to be the last year of Carlos Correa in Houston. You can't mm-hmm. just punt on the season and talk about next year. We still have an amazing offense, and you've got to at least attempt to fix the bullpen. Yeah, and I, I would think if things don't get better, I think Click is going to end up, you know, making a move at the deadline, probably trying to get some kind of reliever. Uh, hope Blake Taylor's is down in Sugarland right now, you know, in a in a rehab uh, outing. So hopefully he can come back up and kind of kind of do what he did last year for us. But you know, there's a couple guys that have just Peter Solomon came up earlier when we needed an arm, and he threw two shutout innings. And you know, last night we'll talk about it later when we get to the minors. But last night he he threw six score, uh, shutout innings and struck out nine. You know, a guy that. He's had he he had two nice innings at the major league level. He's having some success as a starter down in AAA. Why not bring him up? And you know these guys are already on the forty man. They've already you, you know exercised their options and everything. Like you mentioned, go, let's just rotate them through. If guys have options, if we can put them down in AAA and rotate fresh arms up, and you know maybe you catch lightning in a bottle, kind of like they did last year with some of the the young relievers, and maybe a Navaldo Rodriguez or a Peter Solomon or one of those guys really establishes themselves as a a good major league bullpen arm and. You know, and the next thing you know, you got a little bit fixed. You you know, you you get another one or two arms, maybe you can count on, and then you maybe you add one at the deadline. But yeah, right now, you know, it's it's unfortunate. You look at the you look at the ERAs and the, the starting pitching stuff. So not including Valdez, who's you know, he he's only thrown four and he gave up a run, but Grinky, his ERA is down to three point six seven. But then you got Javier at three point oh eight, McCullers at two nine six, Garcia at two nine three, or Kitty at three two two, and then you got or Odorizzi, who just had a really good start. So great ERAs out of the staff, and yet the Astros somehow find themselves sitting at 28 and 24. You know, and then they got the number one, you know, or the the highest batting average as a team, you know, in the, in the AL. They got a really good offense. They're scoring a lot of runs, and yet, you know, they're, yeah. they're still 28 and 24, and we, we know exactly what to point to. That's the bullpen. And like you said, it's – you can't – you know, you got last year of Carlos Correa under contract, and, you know, I don't know if he's coming back or not, but, yeah, you, you don't want to – you don't want to punt on that season. And I do think Click will end up making a move, but how how long can you go? Normally, you know, you, you wait till the trade deadline before you're making a move. Right. But at this point, how many games are you willing to sacrifice rather than going out and trying to make a move right now? And I know the luxury tax is an issue and they're trying to stay under that, but ultimately you're going to want to win games. And if you got to go yep. over a little bit and Crane <coughs> has to pay the luxury tax for the Astros to be better and to win games, he feels like the owner that might be willing to do that. Yeah, and see, like, right whenever um, you started talking, you had mentioned, you know, Click may do something at the deadline. I mean, that's two months away. That's two mm-hmm. months from tomorrow. Right. We can't wait that long. Look at how many games just in the past two weeks that the bullpen has blown for us. And I'm not just talking about games that are like three to two or, you know, one or two runs. We had a six-run lead yesterday. Yep. Had another six-run lead today until um, uh, what's his face? Scrub came in for one inning and then gave up more runs in one inning than Granky did in eight. It's just they, they, he's going to have to do something like either do something uh, drastic, like demoting all four of those guys down mm-hmm. to AAA and then bringing up four. Well, although and I think in Rayleigh's case, we would just have to release him outright because I think he's out of options. But you just got to do something different and, and throwing the same guys out there. It's like uh, somebody on Twitter. I can't remember who it was. It said all they're doing right now is rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. Mm-hmm. You're just moving them around, hoping for different results. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they just got to bring in some new blood and see what you can do. Um 
like you just said, uh, you know, how, how close to the deadline will it be before you start making a move? I mean, that also requires a team to sell on a player two months early. So it's just, it, it's a bad situation to be in. Um, luckily we're only about, I think it's like what, two games out of uh, Oakland right now and they're losing currently. Right. So they, by the time, uh, this podcast is over. They may have lost, but still, man, I mean, that's just ground that we could have been making up and, and separating ourselves from them over this last two weeks. Yeah. And, you know, at least on the bright side is we are having some solid offensive performance, you know, Altuve's hitting 300 Bregman's over 300. Guriel has been hitting the ball pretty well. Hopefully we'll get Alvarez back. He was in kind of a slump, but hopefully he'll get going. And he was all Tucker with the three and Homer today. And, you know, he's leading the team in homers right now. So at least the offense is, is still, is still producing and, yeah, once we get that bullpen fixed, uh, I don't see a reason that the, the Astros wouldn't run off a, another nice stretch, kind of like they did just like two weeks ago. But right now it feels like it doesn't matter what Dusty does. It doesn't matter who you bring into the game. Runs are going to get scored on the bullpen. And, and that's, a, that's a bad feeling as a – I'm sure – as a fan, it's a bad feeling. As a manager, I'm sure it's terrible to know that, you know, you have a hard time trusting, trusting some of those arms. So uh, we sure, haven't man. seen I mean, Click – have the ability to get aggressive at the deadline, but this feels like the year that if you're going to be aggressive and you're going to go out and get an arm, this feels like the time to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And aside from the bullpen, man, just one quick thing that, to, that I, I, you know, I tweeted about yesterday. Yeah. Carlos Correa, maybe his, you know, his offensive stats aren't where we want them to be, but man, what he does with the glove and defensively is just so amazing. Like that play yesterday, late in the game, when he nailed that runner out at first, can't remember who it was. That's why a lot of us are saying re-sign Carlos Correa. You still, still, you still see people kind of taking shots at it on Twitter, just saying like, oh, well, he should have taken that $120 million, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. He's still going to get more than that on the open market. Someone's going to give it to him because they know that he's valuable beyond just his bat. He yep. is – man, God, dude, I can't think of another shortstop in the game that has a better arm than he does. Oh, um, yeah. He, he just has a right. cannon. Yep. Yeah, and exactly. Just, and he, and he provides – yeah, he provides a lot to us, both offensively and de- defensively. And – um, and I, I hope we find a way to keep him because, you know, I do think – ultimately, I think Correa is better than what he's showing offensively right now. But like you mentioned, that that defense is one of those things that you're going to end up missing. You know, I think everyone talks about Fernando Tatis and the way he's destroying the ball, but I think he's leading the league in errors, which I know errors are kind of a an iffy, uh, you know, statistic, mainly because some guys may not even get to a ball that Tatis might get to, and then he ends up getting an error on it. But ultimately, you know, we see Correa out there, man, and his defense is just so freaking solid at shortstop, phenomenal arm, very rarely makes mistakes. Right, and he's just – you remember that play in the uh, ALCS a couple of years ago when he gunned out uh, one of those Yankees at first base and he, mm-hmm. he acted like his, he was blowing the smoke out from his finger like he had a gun? It's yep. amazing, dude, because he has a cannon. Um, but I just wanted to add in there that even though his stats may not be as good right now, and I agree with you, he is much better than what his stats are showing. His glove is almost as valuable as his bat. He is that good of a player, and he will absolutely be missed if he leaves Houston. All right, well, coming right up, we're going to look at some of the prospects and talk about how, some of the recent promotions that we've had in the minor league system. We'll get to that in just a moment. And continuing on here at the Astros Future Podcast, presented by Apollo Media. If you enjoy the show, do us a favor and drop us a review or leave us some stars. We kind of hinted on it in, in the last segment about talking to the minors, and we've kind of hit on AAA a little bit, mainly because they're killing it right now. They're 14 and six. They're all the offense is, is on fire. The team has an ERA of 3.10. So when you see struggles in the Astros bullpen, it makes you wonder who do we have down in AAA that can come up and help. And Ralph Garza got the call up and he pitched in his first game yesterday and, and struggled late. But ultimately, we got some guys right now down in the minor league system that uh, that are pitching really well. Uh, we mentioned a little bit earlier, Peter Solomon, 
started last night through six shutout innings, struck out nine. And, you know, he's had a couple good outings at the major, so I'm interested to see what they do with him. But Riley Farrell is another guy that mm-hmm. uh, he was drafted. I think it might have been like the third round. He, he was a high pick, you know, and a guy that a lot of players or a lot of uh, a lot of us thought and a lot of major uh, prospect writers thought that he was going to be a guy who would fly through the system, you know, maybe – maybe pitch the year he's drafted or the year after or something like that in, in relief. Cause that's, you know, he's a really good reliever at TCU, but he struggled. He had some injuries and, you know, ultimately he's in AAA now he's still working his way and he's thrown five and two, uh, two innings uh, so far this season hasn't a lot of runs struck out seven. So he's another guy that maybe you could see the Astros potentially call up. And like we talked about, just kind of rotate some guys, send somebody down, bring him up and give him an opportunity. Yeah. Riley Farrell. Uh, we drafted him back in 2015, like you said, third round, um, that was back whenever our bullpen was still a little shaky. And I remember, like you said, whenever he got drafted, a lot of us were thinking like, yeah, he's going to fly through the system. He could be up later this mm-hmm. year or even next year. And here we are six years later and he hasn't made it to the big leagues yet. But like you said, he's suffered a lot of injuries, but um, I'm positive that, you know, injury aside that we will see him in Houston at some point this season. Um, I mean, at one point, like we just said, he was, he was thought to be the closer of the future. So let's see what he can do in the major league uh, at the major league level. I tweeted earlier today, whenever we were talking about, Belak and Smith, Scrub, all those guys, how there's there's no way that these guys down at AAA, like Peter Solomon, like Riley Farrell, could come up and be any worse than what we were already seeing right now. So I think Riley Farrell is probably going to be the first guy that we see come up if we do bring up a new face from from the minors. Yeah, and I'd be interested to see how he does. You know, like you mentioned, he was a guy that was a highly touted prospect at the time, and um, nice to see him having success at the AAA level, and hopefully, hopefully he'll get that opportunity. But on the offensive side, uh, side of things, I know – there's still been the issues with straw and he's still been struggling offensively and defensively. It seems like he's been doing a little bit better in center field and everyone's been clamoring for Jose Siri and he's still, still hitting 356. He's got 28 RBI. So he's still, he's still producing. He's kind of came back down to earth a little bit, but he's got three walks to 24 strikeouts in 18 innings. And and those kind of numbers, you just very rarely do you see someone you know, with that kind of walk rate and strikeout rate, sustained success over a long period of time, you know, and it, yeah. it really, I think a guy that you could look at that might be a little more intriguing is Jake Myers. And he's hitting 333. He's got five homers down in AAA right now, but he, he walks more than Siri. He strikes out less really good defender in the outfield, uh, strong arm used to be a pitcher. So I don't know if you remember or not, but Tyler Ivy mentioned him as one of the hardest guys to strike out or one of the hardest guys to, to mm-hmm. face because he's got that pitcher's mindset and he know he knows how to pitch. So, Good, good arm in the outfield. I, I really think if the Astros wanted to bring somebody else up and maybe they didn't want to give those at-bats to, to McCormick, Myers would be a guy that I would really like to see what he could do at the major league level because he's he's had some some good numbers, but you know he's, he's having really good a uh, really good year so far in AAA this year. And I know a lot of the offense down in AAA has been on fire, but he's a guy that I think would be uh, would be really interesting to see and probably has a better better uh, chance of success than than Jose Siri at this point. Yeah, and I agree with you, especially whenever you look at the sustainability at the major league level, like you were just talking about. The, um, the, the stats that Myers will likely succeed in are the ones that Jose Siri just isn't doing very well right now. And that's not to say anything bad about Jose Siri. I'm sure he'll make it to the big league level with somebody. I'm kind of wondering if maybe we end up using him as some sort of like a trade centerpiece type of thing mm-hmm. to bring in a pitcher or a reliever. Um, I mean, obviously, it just depends on what the other team would need. Right. Um, I've seen some people kind of compare him uh, to, you know, uh, Adolis Garcia up in Texas. You know, they right. he came out of nowhere. Um, very similar numbers um, as, as Jose Siri. 
uh, strikes out a lot, doesn't really walk a ton, yep. same kind of thing. But I, I agree with you, man. I'm just, I'm just not sure that that will, like, like you said, it's not going to sustain at the major league level, but I do kind of wonder if we would use him as trade bait of some sort. Yeah. I think if, I mean, that would, that would be a nice, a nice move. I mean, they, they got him for nothing in the off season. If you can find a way to flip him for, for, for anything really, you know, especially considering the depth of, of outfitters they have with yeah. Straw and then McCormick and Dawson and uh, Jake Myers and all these guys. So that, that would be nice. And, and I, like you mentioned, it's possible that what he's doing right now is legit and he can come up and, and succeed with that kind of walk rate and strikeout rate. But I think over time we've seen it's just it, it's hard to have sustained, uh, sustained success when you strike out a lot and you don't walk and, and you're kind of relying on just hitting homers. So we'll see how Garcia continues to, to play out this year. Looking at his number right now, he's got 16 homers and he's got three doubles, which is kind of kind of crazy. He's walked just nine times in 44 games. So you right. know, he'll probably – I mean, he's, he's hitting the ball right now, but eventually he's probably going to, you know, those numbers are going to even out a little bit. Uh, but, yeah, the, the, the AAA team right now, the Skeeters, man, they're fun to watch. If you haven't had the opportunity to get out there and go watch them, and when I say you, not necessarily meaning you, but any fan listening, <laughs> yeah. you know, they're, they're good. They're, they're a fun team to watch. They got the, the pitching staff has a 3.10 ERA as a whole. The team's hitting 310. Man, they're, they're just they're a really good baseball team right now, and they actually have a legitimate chance to to potentially, you know, make some noise in, in, in AAA. So, Good to know that the first year in Sugarland, the, the Skeeters are off to a, you know a nice start like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, they're rolling on both sides. They're pitching really well. Yep. They're hitting really well. They're mashing the ball. Um, but I mean, right now, I think a lot of us, including you and I, are just gonna be looking mainly at their bullpen stats and their yep. um, their pitching all together just to see what can we bring to Houston. That's just forty five minutes down the road because we need that help immediately. So now in Corpus and Double A, the the hooks are ten and twelve. They they will be playing today later later today. I think they or uh, first pitch won't be too far after we get off the air here. But they're ten and twelve. There has been some positives. Uh, JJ Medijevic is they drafted him in the second round out of Arizona a few years ago. I think he was one of the picks, uh, one of the compensation picks we got for the Cardinals, uh, you know, scandal issue. And, and he's got four. Home, he's he's a guy at this point. He's a power bat. You know, he's a guy that. He draws some walks, he hits for power, and you're probably hoping that he hits for enough power to, to make it as a first baseman. But he's got four homers in his last five games. He kind of started out slow, but so nice to see him showing that power. Another guy who's hitting the ball pretty well, Corey Jolks. The Astros drafted him out of University of Houston. He's a local kid. He, he went to uh, oh, he went to high school at Clearbrook High School, which is over here in Friendswood. Local kid. They drafted him in the eighth round, and he's in double A now. He's hitting 309. You know, he's, he's getting on base a little bit. So nice to see him having some success or having some success. But ultimately, the team in, in down in Double A is just they're they're struggling. And, and Pedro Leon is a guy we've talked about each, each episode, and um, he's had some better days, but then he's had some rough days. Just a few days ago, he was scheduled to start, and then like right before game time, he ended up getting scratched. And he missed the next game, and the next thing you know, now they're batting him like eighth in the order. So I don't know if it was an injury or if it was disciplinary or what, but a little concerning that he had to miss some time. And his his numbers overall have been better than they were in the first week, but he's still striking out like. You know, rather than it being at like a 60% clip like it was in the first week, it's at like 30% now. And um, he does have a couple homers, but we, we need to start seeing a little bit more from him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Pedro Leon's going to be the guy that everyone talks about at double A. Um, you, you know, when we were just talking about triple A and the guys that are possibly going to get, you know, brought up to Houston, um, you know, you got to look at the double A level too to see because, you know, whenever one gets brought up, unless there's like some sort of a demotion or whatever, there's going to be promotion. It's like a trickle down effect. It's, right. it's a chain reaction. It's going to just keep going down. So you got to start looking at these guys at double A to see who's going to be moving up to triple A to take a spot if there's one available. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, you know, Pedro Leon, I know he's the guy that a lot of us thought 
he's just going to like just rocket through our system. Right. And we've kind of come to grips with the fact that he is absolutely going to be in the minors the entire season. Um, because yeah, like, it, like you just said, his strikeout rate is insane. Um, I know batting average isn't leaned on like it was back in the day, but he's only hitting um, 178 right now, just two homers. Um, he definitely needs to get back on track. Um, but like, you know, we've talked about, he took two to three years. It's taken two to three years to get him back into organized baseball. So that could be playing a, a, a huge factor with him. You know, like I said, he, you can at least look and say, okay, he's made some improvements from the first week to where he's at now, but it still has a long way to go. Fortunately, on the pitching side, the, the, the pitching's been a little bit better. There is a guy that's kind of came out of nowhere, Jonathan Bermudez, left-handed pitcher pitching to Corpus right now. And so far this year in 19 innings, he's walked two, has 33 strikeouts. So I actually uh, – he was a third, 23rd round pick back in 18, and I, I texted a scout about it, and he, he kind of gave me some information. But basically, he's kind of a low 90s guy. Nice slider, solid changeup, but he's a, a guy that has really good pitch ability. You know, we've seen Astros have success with guys like that that just know how to pitch and you know make a lot of improvements as they continue to go through the through the uh, through the minor league system. And right now, you know, he's he's actually pitching today, but right now he's he's got some some really good numbers that are that are hard to turn your eye, your eye to when when he's got 33 strikeouts in 19 innings, only walked two, and he's a guy that you you know you mentioned the trickle down effect. If, if somebody ends up getting called up to AAA on the pitching side. He's 25 years old, so he's a little old for double for A, but he's a guy that you know probably will be slated for triple A at some point this season. Yeah, and you know, it's pretty cool how you'll find these guys down there, Jimmy, because just what like last week, week before last, you talked about Ralph Garza Jr. And sure enough, we saw him yesterday. Right. Now I know he got the brunt end of that, but that was in sure. no way his fault. It should have never even come to that yesterday. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I mean, like you just said, I mean, he could be the guy that goes up. He's already a little old for the double A level, so move him up to triple A, see what he's got. Um and the fact that he was such a late round pick, it's it's similar to how we were just talking about um, uh, Jose Siri. I mean, we got Jose Siri for nothing in mm-hmm. the and dude. In these late rounds, you're basically throwing something against the wall and see if it sticks. And if it does, then you hit the lottery. So same thing with him, man. Anything positive would be great. So down in High A, the Asheville Taurus, they they had a really good week. They're sitting at twelve and ten now, but their offense has been has been phenomenal, and they've had some promotions. Um, They've gotten some players. They got Matthew Barefoot, who was just tearing the cover off the ball down in uh, Fayetteville. And they got Joe Perez, a guy that we talked about a little bit, 21-year-old, former second-round pick. And, you know, he's up to 303, three homers, 14 RBIs on the season. Barefoot's hitting 330, seven homers, 10 stolen bases. And then the guy we mentioned pretty much every week, Corey Lee, coming into today, he was hitting 325 with three homers. So, Really nice to see some some good offensive performances, but seeing Corey Lee, former first round pick, Joe Perez, former second round pick, Alex McKenna, former fourth rounder, who's hitting 305 and four homers, 18 RBI. So their offense has been has been a lot of fun to watch. They got a lot of talent there. And you know, Perez, I mean, he's in high A at 21 years old. That's I mean, that's a that's a good age to be in high A. And it looks like the Astros are are they're believing in the start that he's had because they didn't take him long to to promote him out of Fayetteville. Oh, yeah, man, for sure. And I mean Corey Lee, Joe Perez, those are the two names that everyone's going to recognize. Well, most people are going to recognize. I think everyone's going to recognize Corey Lee because he was a first-round pick. And the last first-round pick that we had prior to the sign-stealing scandal. Um, But, yeah, I mean, like you just said, dude, there's a lot of numbers that are just popping out uh, at high A. And, you you know, you got to wonder if you're going to see a lot of these guys moving up to double A pretty soon Um, just because, you you know, you want to start challenging them. You lost that season last year. Some of these guys probably would have started in double A this year anyway. So, you know, I think across baseball, you're going to see a lot of teams that are going to start moving some of their top prospects or some of the prospects that they have, um, you know, high hopes for moving up a lot quicker than they would have, because that's probably where they would have started this year had we had a normal season last year. And Corey Lee and Joe Perez are two guys that I think will we'll end up seeing a double A at the end of the season. 
Yeah, and I think I think McKinnish would be right there. He's 23 right. in high A, so he's I mean, a little older than your your typical you know high A prospect. But you know he's hitting 305. Like I said, he's got a 951 OPS, so he's a guy I'll probably end up seeing Double A at some point. Unfortunately, the pitching staff is on the flip side of that. They've really struggled. They're they're they've got a 6.31 ERA overall, and there's really not anyone you can point to that's been been too dominant. But uh, one guy we, we've talked about, Jimmy Endersby, he was signed as an undrafted free agent, really good numbers and or had some solid numbers in college and ended up going you know undrafted in just the five round draft last year. But a guy, a scout had told me that he basically had an option to choose any team he wanted. He chose the Astros and he had, he said coming in today, he had 26 strikeouts and 16 innings. And I think today he allowed two runs over four innings. So solid start to him or for, for solid start for his season so far. Uh, he's another guy that I think will probably end up seeing double A at some point this year. He's 23 years old already, but uh, unfortunately on the pitching staff, they they haven't had uh, haven't had too many strong performances so far. Yeah, Endersby. Uh, when we spoke about him last week, and that kind of sparked a, a little bit of a side conversation that we had, where you know that, that was pretty cool that the fact that he had pretty much every team in baseball trying to sign him, and he chose us for a reason. And I yep. think that that just speaks to our um, our talent uh, department, the way that we um, produce. And how we, we just, you know, we work really well with pitchers down in the minors. Sure. I mean, it's been going on for years now, man. So, yeah. um, I mean, like you just said, we could probably end up seeing him pretty soon. He's already 23 um, at high A. I, I would like, like we were just saying, I mean, I, I really expect to see a lot of these guys at double A before the end of the year. Yeah. So down in, uh, down in Fayetteville and in, in the low A, you got the Woodpeckers who are at nine and 14. They had a rough week. But a couple positives. Shea Whitcomb is a fifth-round pick last year, and, and he's hitting 295 at three homers so far. So nice start from him. The pitching side of things, and I don't know if it's Jaime or Jamie. I'm not exactly sure how it's pronounced, but last name Melendez. He's got three walks to 24 strikeouts in 12 innings and a 0.73 ERA. He's 19 years old. I mean, just a really strong start to the season for him. And the, the, the guy's 5'8", striking out guys like that. So I don't really know what his stuff is like yet. I'm interested to see him more as he as – he, you know, hopefully continues to move up, but having that kind of success as a 19 year old and, and full season and full season baseball is, it's nice to see. And, you know, it seems like every year there's a guy that kind of breaks out and has a, has a breakout season and really flies at the radar. And, and he may be the guy this year. Yeah. I mean, at, at 19, you may end up just seeing him down uh, at Fayetteville for the entire season, yeah. but you know, you never know. I mean, especially with this trickle down effect that we're talking about and the need for pitching at the big league club, and that could end up just trickling all the way down and he could end up at high a, but, you know, we talked about guys being too old for some levels. He, he's right around that age for Fayetteville. So, I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility for him to go up uh, to Asheville. But, yeah, yeah I mean, uh, a guy that came out of nowhere, like you just said, 0.73 ERA in 12 innings, man. That's good. His, uh, like you said, his strikeout to walk ratio is amazing. Mm -hmm. um, very, very good. So, one other guy I'll talk about is uh, Johander Mont or Martinez. The Astros signed him as a international free agent out of uh, Venezuela a little while back. But in 2019, he played in the uh, Dominican Summer League. And over there, he, he had a had a lot of success. He's a guy, you know, he's more – he's not a lot of power, but a, a real scrappy guy, good speed, draws walks. And when Joe Perez got promoted up to, to high A, they went ahead and assigned him to full season. He's 19 years old. He's only played in three games so far, but he's four for eight. So, you know, nice little start for him. But he's 19 years old playing in, in, in full season baseball at the Woodpeckers. So, he's a guy that hopefully Astros fans will, will get to know and, um, and and we'll maybe be able to see some, uh, some good performances out of him. But just nice to see – the, the, like you mentioned, the trickle-down effect of Perez getting promoted, and next thing you know, they call somebody else up probably out of the you know extended spring training or whatever, and and now Martinez at 19 years old is getting a shot. Yeah, man, for sure. And, I mean, when we talk about these kinds of things happening and with last season being completely lost because of COVID, we were just talking about, you know, there could be teams that just start moving these guys a little bit quicker because they know that that's probably where they would have been. 
some of these guys, since you don't know where they would have been or what we would have done with them, you know, it, it, it just, it's kind of like back to the drawing board, like you would have done in any normal year, but mm-hmm. it, it's cool to have some of these guys at basically every one of those type of uh, levels, you know, where you don't know where they're going to be. They could be a good surprise. You know, you're going to be disappointed in some, I'm, I'm sure. But then right. you got those guys that you were probably going to be moving through the system pretty quickly or faster than we originally thought. And like we talked about last week, um, we could be in a situation here a year or two from now where we have just a ton of pitching at the upper level of the minor, upper levels of the minor league system that we can call up on if needed. We're seeing the performances down at the minor league level, and hopefully that'll start to translate to the major league level because we obviously yeah. need the bullpen right now. But, yeah, there is some talent down there that the Astros will be able to rely on. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's, it's going to be an exciting summer, exciting summer as an Astro fan, not just for the big league club, but for the, for the minor league system in general. I mean, for sure. when we had um, – um, uh, oh, God, my, oh, when Callis. we had Jim Callis. I'm sorry, yeah. my mind just went blank for a moment. But when we had Jim Callis on, you know, he talked about how, you know, the Astros system isn't as, as stock as it once was. But we're seeing guys, like you just mentioned, with some of these guys, Melendez and, and um, Serrano, Barefoot, some of these guys that, you know, not, not everyone's going to know who they are. But whenever they start producing and you get these guys to come out of nowhere, that's what makes your system start getting yep. talked about again. And we can be seeing that again here. All right, that's going to do it for today's episode. So if you haven't already done so, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And be sure to follow at Apollo HOU for blogs, merch, video, podcasts, and more original Houston sports content not found anywhere else. As always, thank you so much for listening, and we look forward to having you back for our next episode of the Astros Future Podcast, covering your Astros in the minor league system.